Eagles Entertainment. Everything that move, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another day, and we're getting you ready for the Senior Bowl as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 518. At the top of today's show, we've got Draft Buzz, where I chat with, well, nobody. Uh, This is just going to be me, a solo mission here for the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, where I'm going to go through my notes on some of the top players taking part in the action set to kick off this week in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. We're going to go position by position on both squads, the American and the national team. A couple of names that I like from each position group and then also a one-on-one matchup that I'm excited to see over the course of the week in practice with each of those positions. So uh, this will be kind of a quick primer for the week of action and then I'll be back later this week to tell you what I saw down here in Mobile. Now, I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our subscribers have been looking for the Journey to the Draft podcast. We'll have you covered with draft action right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. I would stay subscribed to the Journey to the Draft podcast feed, but right now I'll have you covered for draft coverage right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky. Now, we also have some Eagles-related news as well. Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman, they met with the media last Wednesday. Uh, Obviously, a lot of news coming out of that, but the Eagles have two new coordinators coming on board here for 2024. Some other staff changes as well. Vic Fangio, the Eagles' new defensive coordinator, confirmed over the weekend. There's other reports about other coaching changes as well, but nothing's official yet. So rather than have one podcast here, one podcast there, another podcast there, I'm going to wait till everything's confirmed and then we'll just get together. Maybe me and Greg Cosell will sit down. We'll talk about the new schemes, the new changes, break down what it all means for the Eagles moving forward into 2024 and beyond. So uh, we'll cover all that at a later date, potentially later this week here on the Eagle in the Sky podcast. Now, before we get going, as always, rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate all the support we can get, especially over at Apple Podcasts. And now's the time in the offseason. If you have a, a question that's specific to the Eagles or the draft process or free agency, the, the NFL, the, the football in general, X's and O's, you go leave it there. It might be an entire episode idea. So if you go uh, take some of the work off my hands, if you go leave a question there on Apple Podcasts, we will answer it and uh, we'll definitely get to it here in the upcoming weeks here on the podcast. That said, let's get this going. It's time now for Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, so what, the way I'm going to approach this is I'm going to go through my notes and we're going to go position by position and kind of bounce back and forth between the two teams. Uh, in years past, uh, those of our listeners that follow along on the process, the senior bowl would split up into two teams, obviously, American and national, used to be north and south, and an NFL coaching staff would take over uh, the entire operation. So one staff would coach one side, another staff would coach the other. Over the last couple of years, there have been a lot of changes, and I actually really like the change that's happened. I'm sure NFL teams do as well, and that's why it has stuck, where this is the case both for the Senior Bowl and for the Shrine Bowl. A multitude of staffs are able to basically uh, contribute uh, a assistant coach to step up and be not just the head coach, but the coordinators and position coaches. So all, a bunch of teams have boots on the ground, eyes in the meeting rooms, ears in the meeting rooms uh, with all of these players. So uh, it's not like, oh, you have the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions coaching one side or the other here uh, this week in Mobile. You're going to have uh, a lot of different coaches coaching with their hands on with all of these players. Now, that said, when I go over to the national side, and I would go into the trenches here because I would make an argument 
that this offensive line group for the national team is one of the best position groups that I have seen here in Mobile, not just offensive line, but uh, maybe like in any position group. It, it is star-studded. There are legitimately at least four first-round quality prospects with this offensive line group alone for the national team. So I really want to quick, quickly hit on uh, three that stands out. First, we're going to go over to Troy Fontenot, uh, and this is in no order in terms of how I see them coming off the board, but just kind of how the names appear on my sheet. I'm going to start with Troy Fontenot uh, from the University of Washington. Obviously, they participated in the national championship game. Uh, and Fautano, uh, 6'3 half, 319 pounds. So he's a little bit on the undersized side uh, for a tackle. That's why a lot of people feel that he might be a guard. We'll see what he looks like here this week in Mobile. All I'll say is I, he's got foot, uh, foot quickness to be able to hold up at tackle. He's got the skill set. So I'm not too worried about his ability to stick at tackle. We'll see what the length measurables show up at this week and all that. But uh, this guy is extremely athletic. I really enjoy watching this kid play. And, and he's got some great finishes on film as well. So he's really athletic. He's really tough. There's versatility there. It's a guy who's played some guard as well over the course of his career. So it's not just a projection. He has done it. Some people think he might even be a center moving forward into the NFL. Uh, he's got tackle feet, though, and he play, plays with good leverage in the run game. I like Troy uh, Fautano as well out of the University of Washington. Then you go to another tackle here in this game, this one from BYU. Kingsley Suamatia, uh, 6'6", 325 pounds, a redshirt sophomore participating in the senior role. That is a change for this year as well. Uh, Draft-eligible players of any class can participate in the senior bowl now, so you don't need to have your degree. That used to be the rule before uh, to play in the senior bowl or in the shrine bowl. Now you can be a redshirt sophomore, true junior, does not matter. You can participate uh, in any of these all-star games. So uh, all I'll say about the BYU tackle, he is really, really, really gifted. He is ginormous, 6'6", 325, outstanding athleticism. Uh, the finishing shows up. He's played a handful. He's played full seasons at both tackle spots, so you can plug him in at left tackle or right tackle. Not a finished product right now, but that can, this is a player that I think can really help himself over the course of the week here in practice. And then I would say that the guy that is probably the most polished of the three and probably the easiest to project of the three Talisa Fuaga from Oregon State. Now, he has been primarily a right tackle only over the course of his career at Oregon State. 6'6", 334 pounds. This is another big-body blocker. Uh, not as athletic as the other two players from Washington and BYU, but I think Fuaga is a ready-made player. He can come in uh, and you feel good about his hand usage. He's really strong. He's powerful. Uh, so a lot of like translatable skills. We can get into the nitty-gritty over the course of the week, but a lot of translatable skills that I think will allow him to play early here in the NFL, primarily on the right side. So that, that'll be a thing is that he's probably not going to play on the left side. But I think when you look at Fuaga, uh, this is a guy that can play tackle or guard at, in the NFL level. We'll get a sense of what he looks like at tackle early on in this week. Now, let's go over to the defensive line with the national squad. A couple names here that I think are very important to keep an eye on. Number one, another first round quality player, Probably my favorite defensive player down here in Mobile, Layatu Latu from UCLA. This guy is an extremely skilled pass rusher. So watching him go up against the BYU tackle, against the Washington tackle, two guys that are not as refined, I think it will be really big tests for those guys because Layatu Latu, extremely gifted. He's a good-sized pass rusher, and he uses his hands really, really well. And so I think that will set up for a really nice matchup. 6'5", 265 pounds. The big thing with Latu, he was one of the most productive pass rushers in football this year, but 
He played the last two years at UCLA. He had to retire at the University of Washington due to a neck injury uh, that will have to be checked out. That's going to be a big part of the process with Latu over the course of the uh, the next couple of months, Is especially when you get to the Combine in Indianapolis, is what is the medical situation with him. He had to retire at Washington, transferred to UCLA, got clearance to play, and he was the, I mean, one of the best pass rushers in football this past year for the Bruins. And so... Leatu Latu going up against those tackles. That will be big. Uh, I really like from the interior. We'll stay out, out west in the Pac-12. I really like Brandon Dorless. This is a player that has played over the last couple of years for the Ducks. He's played some defensive end. He's played some defensive tackle. He's listed right around 290. Uh, so I like him more as an interior guy. I think this is a, a skill set like a Milton Williams type, right? He's an undersized D tackle or an oversized end. Uh, but there's so many players that come into the NFL and have this skill set. And I think when you have uh, that combo t- uh, toolbox for an interior lineman, that's going to play really well. He's extremely disruptive. He's a good athlete. So Brandon Dorless is a guy I'm going to have have my eyes on. And then Dwayne Carter from Duke. We're going to go over to the East Coast, our first East Coast prospect here uh, in this discussion. 6'3", 305. He's a pure three technique. Uh, former teammates have talked to me about him in the past and just talk about like his toughness and how much that stands out. He can go speed to power on the inside. Uh, I think he's a little bit stiff, uh, but this guy is a really disruptive player, both against the run and against the pass. So Dwayne Carter from Duke is another player I'll have my eye on. I think that he's got a top 50, top 70 type of skill set. Now, in terms of a um, one-on-one battle that I'm really excited to see in the trenches on the national squad, I'm going to go with Oregon center Jackson Powers Johnson, another three-year player, a redshirt sophomore who declared for this draft, only a one-year starter. I'll tell you what, I watched this kid. He looks like a first-round player all day. Check every single box. He's athletic, he's strong, he's powerful, he's technically sound, and he's got uh, good finishes on tape. Very, very clean profile outside of the fact he just hasn't played a ton of football. So there's a little projection there just because of the sample size, but that small sample size was excellent. Watching him go up against Ohio State defensive tackle Michael Hall, who was another redshirt sophomore here in this game. I just watched Michael Hall last week. Really, really impressive film. 6'2", 280. So he's undersized, just like uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, a little bit on the smaller side. But Hall is really impressive. This is a guy that is really quick off the ball. He can unlock his hips and flies up the field. He gets vertical really, really quickly, really disruptive in the run game and in the pass game. Uh, He's got an impressive get-off. And so just watching him go up against... Jackson Powers Johnson. What's interesting about Hall is you would think at that size that he was oh three technique all day. He actually played a lot of nose tackle for the Buckeyes, played a lot as a nose shade. And so I do think he'll get a lot of reps against the center in Jackson Powers Johnson this week in Mobile. So uh, that, that is a battle that I'm hoping that we can get to see in one-on-one. So uh, as you can tell, I'm excited about both of these groups. That offensive line group with the national team, one of the best that I've seen over the course of my time. My first senior bowl was 2012. And so I've been going down there for over a decade. Uh, that's a position group I'm really excited to see. Now, uh, let's stay in the trenches. We're going to go over to the American squad. Three names I'm really excited to see from this group. Another first-round player here, likely, an Oklahoma tackle, Tyler Guyton. Now, Guyton, he has got outstanding feet, outstanding athleticism. He's a little bit raw, 6'7", 328 pounds. He's a former tight end. When he first got to Oklahoma, he actually transferred from TCU. Uh, and he was a, This is a player that uh, is only one year sample size as a starter. He, he was a backup when he first got there. Um, but this is a guy that when you look at nine starts this year at right tackle, really impressive physical traits. He's got powerful pop on contact. He's fast out of his stance. He's got light feet. He's just gonna he's gonna need a little bit of work from from a 
technique standpoint, but I remember a former uh, a former uh, uh, tight end at the collegiate level who was a little bit raw but outstanding athlete from the University of Oklahoma who went to the Senior Bowl and he was like a you know late first round, early second round type prospect and had a great week. Was the player of the week at the position and vaulted up to the top five of the NFL draft. A guy was Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson, and I could see Tyler Guyton. That there was a pathway for that kind of ascension here for a player like that, as long as as well as the other guys uh, we talked about along the offensive line. A couple other players to talk about: uh, Brandon Coleman from TCU, another guy that I think is a little bit raw, uh, but he's got a lot of traits. And I think when you look at this kid uh, at his size, and I'm pulling up his size here as I as I sit here, six uh, six, three hundred twenty pounds. He's played left guard, he's played right guard, he's played right tackle, and he played left tackle. So right off the bat, all right, he's got four position flexibility. Uh, four position flexibility. You love that uh, for an offensive lineman, and when you have that versatility. With those traits, which I mentioned, he's strong, he's a good athlete, he's got fast twitch, uh, he's got light feet, he's got some dancing bear qualities, again, at 320 pounds. You can work with that uh, up front along the offensive line. And then the last one, this is one of my personal favorites on the interior. That's Christian Haynes from UConn, University of Connecticut, so another East Coast kid. Uh, Christian Haynes is 6'3", 312 pounds. He's got really long arms. He's really athletic. And one of the things, look, he doesn't have the proven versatility. He's only ever played right guard. Um, Penalties have been a chronic issue for him over the course of his career, so that is a little bit of a a flag there with him. But this is a guy that was an All-American each of the last two years because he is really explosive. He's an excellent athlete. He uses his hands pretty well. Uh, And his abilities as a puller uh, up at the second level, are special. So I think you look at Christian Haynes at his size with that length, the athleticism, the ability to be a mauler in space, a lot to like there with Christian Haynes from UConn. And so uh, those would be the three offensive linemen that I'll have earmarked here for the American side. Going over to the defensive side uh, up front, Christian Braswell from Alabama, former big-time recruit there for the Crimson Tide, really only took over as a starter this year. He had two starts, uh, actually, all all season. He was mainly kind of a role player, but this kid has outstanding traits as well. Again, a former five-star recruit, good athlete. He's fast off the ball. He's got lateral quickness. Uh, When he can pin his ears back and go, this guy can get off the ball. He just wasn't always asked to do that uh, in college. He did a lot of run defending. He dropped in coverage a little bit. So Braswell's uh, overall skill set, I think, is fascinating. He's one of my favorite pure edge rushers for this American squad. And then for the interior, two honestly, two of my favorite defensive players uh, in this class that I've watched on film. Texas defensive lineman Byron Murphy. There's going to be a lot of eyes on Tavondre Sweat as well uh, from Texas. He's a big, long, physical run stuffer. Think of like a Jordan Davis type. I do like Sweat, but I love Byron Murphy. I love what I've seen from him on film. Uh, he's the first underclassmen to officially declare for the Senior Bowl and commit to the Senior Bowl back in December. Uh, this is a kid that's got really good size for the position at 6'1", So he's short, but he's dense, and he's really explosive. He's really disruptive. He's stout on contact. He's strong. Uh, the fat, the speed off the ball stands out. He's great versus double teams inside. So you know, I think when you look at him, a lot of people might pigeonhole him as a pure three technique. I like him as a really disruptive interior nose tackle like a Javon Hargrave, a Grady Jarrett. Like, I think he's got that kind of skill set. So I really like Byron Murphy. I could easily see him going in the first round. A lot of first round quality players at the Senior Bowl this year. And then another guy that I think is really just flying under the radar. He took part in the uh, in the Hula Bowl a couple of weeks ago. Was a late addition to the Senior Bowl roster. Uh, uh, Eric Watts, another player from UConn. So two Huskies uh, that I've talked about here uh, in this show. 
when I watch Eric Watts, this is a guy that, to me, he reminds me of a former second-round pick, actually a Philadelphia native, Intano Passigno from Villanova, who went, it was a second-round pick, I believe, to the Kansas City Chiefs. He bounced around the league a little bit as an oversized defensive end that kind of was a, a really uh, disruptive interior player as well, depending on the team that he was with. Watts has got great size. He's really fast off the ball. This kid is really, really explosive. And what I like about him, too, is that he's got the ability to defend the run and the pass with that disruptive ability. He's played a lot of special teams. He's played as a, he was a starter on punt at 6'5 and a half, 273 pounds, with 35 and three-quarter inch arms. Like this guy is looks the part. He's body beautiful and he is explosive. So I think when you look at Eric Watts, he's a guy that I think is off the radar right now. But five days from now, six days from now, I think it's going to be a little bit more buzz about Eric Watts from UConn. Now, the matchup that I'm excited to see here with the O-line and D-line on the American team, Bo Limmer, the center from Arkansas, uh, just moved to center this year, was a guard in the couple years before that. Technically sound player. He's athletic. Uh, I think he's going to lean more into like his hand usage moving forward. One of the more refined offensive linemen that I've watched so far from this group going up against McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M. And I think when you look at McKinley Jackson, this is a player that is really strong. He's a good run defender as a nose tackle inside. Uh, I didn't have any comps written down for him, but this is a guy that plays really tough. He's thick with long arms, really, really strong. He comes off the ball with good pad level, attacks blocks uh, with a lot of Vic and Vigor, and he's a brick house inside. So watching Bo Limmer and McKinley Jackson, that is a group I am really excited to watch here with the American squad. All right, let's now bounce over back to the national team where I want to take a look at the wide receivers and the corners. And we're going to talk through th- two guys on each side now. We're going to trim these down a little bit because there's so many linemen for both of these teams. So two receivers for the national team. Number one, I want to look at Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. What I like about Corley, and there's a lot of different comparisons out there. Some people comparing him to like a Debo Samuel type. And I could definitely see it. I've seen some Steve Smith, our friend Ben Fennell, uh, made that comparison to me. And I I could see that as well. 5'11", 220. So this is another really uh, dense athlete. Great after the catch. He's outstanding with the ball in his hands. A little bit of refinement needed as a route runner and just completely unproven down the field. So if Corley can come down to Mobile and show that he can work in the vertical part of the field, you're going to see this guy be talked about more in the top 50, uh, more consistently in mock drafts, because that's like the one thing that we just don't know about his usage is can he be a downfield threat or is he purely like get the ball in his hands fast and let him work? Another guy that you don't have to worry about that with, Javon Baker uh, from UCF. This was one of the most productive receivers in college football this year. 6'1", 208 pounds. He's got juice off the snap. He can threaten corners early. Uh, He's a proven ball tracker down the field. Extremely productive this season against press. Solid yards after catch. Decent route runner. Very limited route tree and just not the sharpest of route runners in the stuff that he was asked to run. So I think when you look at Javon Baker, there's plenty to prove there this week in Mobile. Can you run the full tree? What does it look like? Can you create separation on your own? Or are you just purely a deep threat? But I think when you look at Baker, uh, a lot to like. I'm excited to watch him in person down here in Mobile, Alabama. Now, the corner group for the national team is really, really strong. Two names that I'm very, very excited about. First up, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. And this is a guy that I think is getting a little bit of buzz. I I watched him very late in the summer, early in the fall. I think it was just as the season was starting. And I said, this guy looks like a first-round player all day. Six foot, 200 pounds. He had five picks last year, including a four-interception performance against Northern Illinois. But to me, it's not just about, oh, look at the production. While he has been very productive over the course of his career, it's also about just the, the entire toolbox. Because you're talking about a guy who's listed six foot, 200 pounds. He's a good athlete. He's going to time in the four threes, okay? So you got size, you've got athleticism, which 
you know, quickness in and out of breaks, acceleration, but then also the top end speed. You look talk about the ball skills, the ability to finish on the ball, and he flashes a lot of willingness to come down and be a part of the run fit as well. And so you just start checking boxes and say, okay, like what does this guy not do? Well, he didn't play a lot of press, but that said, He's got a press coverage skill set at six foot with a four th- with four three speed. So that's a matter of uh, what he was asked to do versus what he can or can't do in the NFL. I think with Quinion Mitchell uh, this week will be big if he can go down there and show that he can play in press man coverage and uh, you know play in trail and find the ball down the field. I think that will that will kind of cement Quinion Mitchell as a consensus first round talent in this draft. We haven't seen a lot of corners from the MAC go in the first round, but I think when you look at Quinion Mitchell, uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Charvarius Ward, who's been a, a great player for the San Francisco. Francisco 49ers over the last couple of years, an All-American the last couple of years, Quinion Mitchell. Let's now go uh, over to the, uh, the another corner here. This one, more of a local player uh, in Kalen King from Penn State. Junior, 21 years old uh, as a rookie this year coming up. Uh, and I think when you look at Kalen King, He's a little bit of a smaller package, 5'11", 190 pounds. Uh, this year, I think he got he got beat up a little bit because he didn't have a great game against Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. gave up more catches than I think people would like. But I think when you look at the overall skill set with this kid, He's really quick. He's smooth in and out of breaks. He's a competitive player. He did travel with number one receiver, so he's played inside and outside. And I think when you just look at the, the total package, you say, okay, like this guy looks like a starting corner in the NFL. He, he reminds me a little bit of like a, a Jair Alexander type. So I think when you look at King, uh, a big week here will kind of remind people, oh yeah, this is a player that uh, a lot of people had really high on mock drafts coming into the season. Uh, and Kalen King, he first jumped on the scene at Penn State from the moment he got to campus as a true freshman in the spring and with what he was doing against those Penn State receivers back in 2021. So Kalen King would be the other corner that I've got my eyes on here this week in practice. Now, one matchup I'm excited to see, Tez Walker, who has been in some first-round mock drafts. I know Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network had him in his first round. Played at North Carolina this year, was a transfer from the MAC from Kent State, and he is a vertical weapon. He is a big-bodied kid who can get down the field, he can track it, he can make plays with the ball in his hands. Very raw and unrefined as a route runner, but this is a big-body kid who can get down the field. Let's go up against another one-year wonder here in Oregon corner, Kyrie Jackson. Now, Kyrie Jackson started his career at Alabama, was kind of a backup, didn't really play all that much, transferred to Oregon this year, was a starter. He lives in press man coverage. He's a big-body kid who wants to beat up receivers early in the snap. Uh, Just, again, another small sample size. I want to see what he can do this week against a guy like Tez Walker, against a guy like Javon Baker. Can you turn and run vertically with some of these receivers? He'll get tested here in a number of those areas. I think when you look at his size, he's a little bit more scheme-specific than some of these other guys, and like a Kalen King or a Quinion Mitchell. But I think when you look at Kyrie Jackson, uh, a lot to like there with that player. So that's the receivers and corners from the national squad. Let's now go over to the American side where uh, two receivers stand out to me. And I really like Lad McConkey from Georgia because he just start, he, you just check a lot of boxes with Lad McConkey. He catches everything thrown his way. He's one of the best route runners in this class. He's bigger, I think, than a lot of people think. I think a lot of people are assuming, oh, like, you know, he's uh, your typical undersized slot receiver. Yeah, he's only 185 pounds, but he's six foot tall. And this guy can get, can go a little bit. He's got he's got some juice. He's got a little bit more vertical ability, I think, than people give him credit for. So he can come off the ball, threaten corners early, and he's got that ability to make plays at all three levels of the field. Jamari Thrash from Louisville, another player that really excites me just because a well-rounded player. I don't think he's got like a super high upside. This is not like a high-level athlete, but he's a smooth kid. He's quick in and out of breaks. He's got a, a nice release package. He's really good against press. He's a solid route runner, and he's got pretty good hands. So to me, you look at Jamari Thrash from Louisville. You look at 
with uh, Lad McConkey from Georgia. Two guys I really like from that group. Go over to the cornerbacks group on the American side. I like DJ James from Auburn. This is a kid that played early on at Oregon, transferred down to the SEC for Auburn. He's got all the physical traits you're looking for. He's got solid size, really good makeup speed and quickness. He's one of the best athletes at the Senior Bowl here this year. So watching him match up against these receivers will be big. And then Kalen Carson from Wake Forest. Kind of the opposite of uh, of DJ James where he's not the, the most athletic kid, but he's instinctive, he's tough, and he's got pretty good ball skills. So Kalen Carson from Wake Forest, a player I'll have my eyes on. And then one wide receiver corner matchup for the American side. Marcus Rosemey Jackson from Georgia, only a one-year wonder, a one-year player rather, uh, for the Bulldogs. Really, he was not a big part of the offense in the previous years. So small sample size, um, but this kid's got uh, good size. He can make plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, showed the ability to track it down the field as well. It was more of a three-level threat for Georgia this year. Um, so th- th- this is an opportunity for him to show, hey, I'm more than just what you saw over the course of four years. Look at look at what I can do against some of the best in the country. So that'll be one to watch. And then Andrew Phillips, the corner from Kentucky. He's been a two-year starter for the for uh, Kentucky the last couple of seasons. And what you like with Phillips, he's got he's got quickness. He's got the ability to be aggressive downhill and he'll, he'll make plays in the flat. But zero interceptions in two years. Just not a lot of production overall. You look at like TFLs and sacks and uh, PBUs, just not a lot of plays on the ball. So uh, that can change. I've seen players come to Mobile uh, that didn't have a lot of production on defense, and then it's like day one, and they make an outstanding interception down the field in one-on-ones. You're like, okay, this guy does have some ball skills. He just, uh, you know, is a small sample size in college. So I think when you look at Phillips, good opportunity here because he's got traits. Uh, you like you like some of the things that Andrew Phillips has put on tape. He's just uh, the, the the numbers have not been there over the course of his career. Let's now go to another position group. I'm going to stay on the American side here. Let's go over to the running back position where the name that stands out for me is Ray Davis from Kentucky. Now, Interesting story because he's been in a couple schools. He actually started his career at, in Philadelphia at Temple University, went down to Vanderbilt, and then transferred again, ended up in Kentucky this year, and was extremely productive. He had his best season. <clears throat> and what I like about Ray Davis, he's look, I mean, he's, got, he's had over 2,000 snaps played in his career, 37 starts uh, for three different programs. But this guy can make people miss. He's really strong. He's able to run through arm tackles. He's a decisive runner. He runs behind his pads. He's a solid athlete. So he'll show some of that here, but he's a really competitive runner. And I, I think that's a skill set that can translate to the NFL. So Ray Davis, the running back for the American team that I really like. Of the linebackers on the American squad, I really like Jalen Ford from Texas. This is another guy that showed up as a big-time recruit. And again, you just kind of start checking off boxes. He's 6'3", 242. So this is a big player. He's a good athlete. Opponents uh, have been raving to me about Jalen Ford for the last couple of years when I catch up with him down at the Combine. With that size, uh, again, it stuffed the stat sheet. He was a guy that was very productive over the course of his career. He plays through contact really well. He's a good blitzer, athletic enough to match up in coverage. He gets guys lined up pre-snap, so I think there's a, the mental acuity there as well. So you look at Jalen Ford, I think he checks a lot of the boxes you're looking at. Now, <clears throat> one matchup I'm looking at one-on-one between these two position groups. Cody Schrader, one of the better stories here at the Senior Bowl from Missouri, a little bit undersized, uh, started his career at D2 and then transferred up to Missouri and was an All-American this year. So you love that story, but he's a he's got good hands. He's a pretty good route runner. He's probably not going to be a, like a, a workhorse type of back in any scenario in the NFL, but uh, he's, got, he's a make-it player. He's a guy that's going to stick in the league and just kind of find a role. Going up against Nathaniel Watson from Mississippi State, I think it's going to be interesting because Watson uh, is a guy at 6'2", 245. He's got good size. He's got good length. He was 
extremely productive, productive, especially over the last year, was an All-American this year for the Bulldogs. He's a great blitzer. So watching him one-on-one against Schrader and pass pro will be big, but then also he's got the skill set to man up on backs as well. So when you look at Schrader and what he can do in the pass game going up against Watson, I think that will be fascinating as well. So that'll be a matchup I'm hoping to see over the course of the week of practice. Now, you go over to the national team and the running back from that group that most stands out to me is uh, Marshawn Lloyd from USC. He actually started his career at the other USC, at South Carolina, uh, and then went to USC with the Trojans this year uh, under Lincoln Riley. And he had a solid season, was one of the better, more productive running backs in the Pac-12. He's a, a competent runner in terms of his like vision and his play strength. He, he can, he's not the most dynamic athlete, but he can do a lot of little things really, really well. Going up against uh, the linebacker group for, uh, for the national team, and the guy that stands out to me, no question, I think he's the best linebacker in Mobile this week, Peyton Wilson from NC State. He has got a true three-down skill set. I've been watching this kid for the last couple of years, and uh, whatever you want your linebacker to do, this guy's got the ability to do it. He's 6'4", 238. He can play in coverage. He's got an outstanding motor. He's got a good athlete. He can play sideline to sideline. He can play through contact. He's a, a, a solid key and diagnoser as a run defender, a rangy coverage player, a productive blitzer. The big thing with him is going to be the medical because over the last couple of years, he's faced a lot of uh, season-ending injuries, didn't play much over the last couple of years, and so that's all got to get sorted out. But when healthy, on the field, Peyton Wilson, one of the best linebackers in this class. Uh, if you're just going at based off film, you're like, this guy looks like a top 50 player all day, but will he go that high? I think that will be the big question at the end. Of it. And there's some other linebackers with the national team I think that catch my eye a little bit more. I, I kind of like Cedric Gray. He's a big body kid from North Carolina. Maris Lufau from Notre Dame, another player who had a good season, a rangy skill set, kind of uh, similar to uh, the Mississippi State kid I just talked about on the other squad. But I think when you look at these groups overall, uh, Peyton Wilson is the linebacker that most catches my eye. Now, the matchup I'm most excited to see between these two groups on the national team, Dylan Lobb, the, the running back from New Hampshire. He's a Swiss Army knife player. He's a he's a nice runner, uh, but also a really good route runner with great hands. And so I think he's got a matchup ability in the passing game. A creative offensive coordinator will be able to do some things with him from a package standpoint. Going up against Eddie Ulafoshu from Washington. Uh, Ulafoshu has made made a bunch of plays, especially in the playoff in coverage, and so uh, that will be a matchup I'm excited to see here this week in practice. Now let's go to our last position groups here: our tight ends and our safeties. Uh, I would say for the national team, we'll stay on the national team here. The tight end that stands out: there's three guys. There's AJ Barner from Michigan, Theo Johnson from Penn State, and then Brevin Span Ford from Minnesota, all from the Big Ten. I kind of like Span Ford because I think he's got the most translatable, easy to to move to project to the NFL skill set because he's a great blocker. He's got outstanding size. He likes to he you can tell he takes that job seriously. He's really good in the run game. So Brevin Span Ford is the player I like most from this tight end group here uh, on the national squad. A couple safeties I do like here, and they'll, they'll be the ones matched up in one on ones. I like Cole Bishop from Utah. This is a guy that, again, you kind of check all the boxes with him. He's got good instincts. He's one of the players always getting people lined up. An underclassman who is a captain there for the Utes. And I think at 6'2", 207, uh, you look at him and you say, okay, this is a guy that plays with a great motor. His eyes are always in the right place. He matched up with tight ends. He's not a great athlete, but he's a solid athlete overall. Used as a blitzer. uh, Productive against the run. So I I like Cole Bishop. He was actually very productive over the course of his entire career on a snap-by-snap basis. So that would be the safety 
that I'm most excited about. In terms of a one-on-one -on -one matchup, another safety that I do like from this group is Jaden Hicks from Washington State. 6'3", 212. So great size at the position. A redshirt sophomore, another redshirt sophomore here at the game. He is a thumper on contact. He delivered some devastating hits, not just downhill against the run, but over the middle uh, as an intimidating presence in the pass game as well. Uh, good size, like I mentioned, um, but he matched up against tight ends in man-to-man -man coverage. He showed some uh, some quickness in and out of breaks at times, times up things well as a blitzer. So Jaden Hicks going up against Theo Johnson, who I mentioned from Penn State, the tight end. Uh, Theo Johnson, I think the most athletic of these three players in the tight end spot, uh, the kid out of Penn State. So that is a matchup I'm excited to see for the national team. Now, going over to the American squad, the tight ends and the safeties, the tight end I like most here from the American squad. And the, the athletic questions are not going to be an issue with this kid, Jaheim Bell. Undersized, but really impressive athlete. I've been watching him since his days at South Carolina, 6'3", 230. He's played some running back, some fullback, some tight end, some slot receiver, some out, outside wide receiver. I mean, he can run routes. He can attack vertically. He's good with the ball in his hands. There's a lot to like with Jaheim Bell. And so that's the tight end I like from the American squad. From the uh, safety group, this is actually a, a handful of safeties on this side that I really like. You know, Bo Braid, I think, does some nice things. Javon Bullard from Georgia is really good. I'm going to talk about another Georgia player in a second. Jalen Simpson is a really rangy, explosive, free safety from Auburn. But uh, the guy I want to talk about is Cam Kinchins, who uh, has been in, in some first-round mock drafts, and I can see why. I mean, at six foot 205, he's really rangy. He's got a tone-setting mentality. He delivered some big hits down downhill. He's a, a solid run defender. He's got some things to clean up from an angle standpoint, and you can see that uh, in in practice. So while they're not tackling to the ground, you can see his angles to the football and his angles downhill. I think that'll be something I'm watching here with Kinchins, but I think the upside is undeniable with this kid. So I'm excited to see him in practice. And the matchup I want to see here from the tight ends and safeties, Ben Sinnott from Kansas State, kind of a do-everything fullback tight end uh, for the Wildcats. Uh, he's a dirty work player, and I think he's got a role that you can project to the NFL. Going up against Tyke Smith from Georgia. This is another Philly kid. Started his career at West Virginia, was a starter, and played really, really well for the Mountaineers. Transferred down to Georgia, got hurt basically immediately and didn't really play much until this year when he was a starter in the slot for them. Tyke Smith's a good football player, and I think he's going to go a little bit higher than people think at this point. Uh, a big week in Mobile will help him with that. He's got true tight end matchup ability at his size, uh, but then also can match up with receivers as well. He can play from depth. He can play against the run. He can blitz. So Tyke Smith, the safety nickel, uh, he's a guy I'm excited to see matched up against Ben Sinnott. Now, uh, the only group I have not hit on yet, the quarterback. So really quickly, the national team, the two names I think are impressive here. Obviously, this, this is not going out on a, on, a, on a limb here. Two first round potential players from out west, Bo Nix and uh, Michael Penix. Bo Nix comes from Oregon. He has got, look, he started his career at Auburn and it was not pretty. And if you told me two years ago that I'd be talking about uh, Bo Nix as one of the best quarterbacks in a class, I would have said that you are crazy because uh, I would not have thought that. But he went to Oregon and really has turned the corner the last two years. And it's important to remember because people I think will say, oh, well, the system really made him. He's played for two different offensive coordinators and two different systems with the Ducks, and he's been outstanding in both. I think that he is, you can give him a lot of credit. He's played a ton of football, 61 starts in his career, Bo Nix, 4,000 snaps played in his career, and he has been really good. He's been extremely accurate. He's got a, a quick release. People are going to talk about the, the arm. That's going to be what they're looking for with Bo Nix here this year or this week in Mobile, but this kid's a good football player. And then Michael Penix. 
Another great story. He began his career at Indiana. Uh, some of our local f- listeners that are Penn State fans may remember Michael Penix leading them to an upset win with the Hoosiers over Penn State early in the year. I want to say, it was was that 2020? Uh, so this was a few years back. But I think when you look at Michael Penix, uh, a big-armed kid uh, who can make plays outside the pocket, but he is not a scrambler in terms of like making plays with his legs. He is going to carve you up with his arm. The big thing... Injuries in the past have been a, a huge issue for him. It was, I believe, four straight years to start his career. Now, he's been healthy largely over the last two years with Washington and extremely productive, but uh, that will be part of the narrative, certainly, with Michael Penix Jr. Good opportunity for him. I'm glad he's going to Mobile. And then over on the American side, uh, two names I think are interesting. Number one is Spencer Rattler, uh, a guy that was previously viewed as a number one quality prospect a couple seasons ago when he was at Oklahoma. He was a five-star quarterback playing for Lincoln Riley and then got unseated by Caleb Williams, transferred out to South Carolina. He goes to South Carolina and was solid over the last couple of years. Obviously, they you know they don't have the horses to keep up with the Georgias and Alabamas of the world. But uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, he's got he's got athleticism, but more importantly. He is accurate. He's got a strong arm. He's got a quick release. I mean, all the tools there uh, that, rightfully so, had this guy being talked about as a first-round quality prospect. So it's a good opportunity here for Spencer Rattler. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Michael Pratt from Tulane as well. Uh, This is another player with really impressive traits. He started 44 games in his career, just under 3,000 snaps played for Michael Pratt, um, known as a smart, high-character kid. What I think is really interesting is that he was a three-star kid. He was actually homeschooled uh, didn't through the eighth grade. He didn't play football until high school. And you usually, you know, you don't typically see that with quarterbacks. Usually your quarterbacks, especially in today's game, those guys are groomed from a young age. They're always playing out uh, organized football since Pop Warner. This kid did not play football until ninth grade. And that's when he started playing quarterback. So a lot of the the issues that I think he does have, and there are some issues there, um, you know, he doesn't escape or he doesn't manage pockets extremely well. His accuracy is a little bit up and down, um, but he's got good touch. Uh, The arm strength is definitely there. He's an athletic kid. He's extremely tough. So uh, Michael Pratt, uh, he is an interesting player. I'll be keeping my eye eyes on here uh, this week. I think that this is probably like that uh, early part of day three, first guy off the board kind of situation there for Michael Pratt, which is an important asset here in the NFL draft. So those are the names that stand out. Again, we'll be back later this week to talk about everything I saw. We'll talk, catch up with Greg Cosell at some point to talk through the Eagles' new coordinators and changes in the coaching staff. So uh, thanks to, uh, to all of you out there for listening here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, and we'll be back later this week.